Hello, welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. Well, I hope you all had a merry, merry Christmas. Um, we decided to continue the podcast to put out an episode this week because we know as uh, people who have worked solo on the roads during that yep. week between Christmas and New Year's, how like how much of a black hole that can be for entertainment. It's a drought. Purposes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's most people have already put out their whatever their Christmas entertainment or whatever they they take most people take that week off this week that you're listening on right now like that week between New Year's and Christmas mm-hmm. radio hosts they all take their their week off and you get the backup host on sports talk right. or whatever ah, podcasters a, a lot of them take the week off a lot of the bigger ones at least um, yeah or they're ending seasons right now yeah a lot of podcasters season ending seasons yeah yeah and and we we felt the draw to they just put out some something else and that we'd already done and but you know like you know what for the for the Hodwick is out there, we're going to put out some entertainment for you. So we decided to do Gamers Gone Wild Part 2 for you guys because yes. there's plenty more cases to cover. Believe me, it's, there's no drought when it comes to video game-related murders. <laughs> so and, uh, Seriously, it's it's kind of alarming. And also what's, what's so unexpected about these cases, it's just because they're short and they're like these one-offs, it doesn't make them any less tragic or like... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like... When I was studying these cases, it's almost more alarming, especially yeah. when children are involved, right? It's like mm-hmm. to the extent that they will go um, to justify themselves in a video game, and even adults. Yeah. Um, and then one of the cases we're talking about, the second case we're talking about today, is just completely off the radar. I don't know how many more cases there will ever be like this. Um, yeah. I can't wait to get into that one. Just to yeah. talk about the, the psychology behind that one is going to be insane. Yeah, the yeah we have uh, basically they're they're all surrounding or related to gaming. So like it doesn't necessarily have to be the the gamer himself lo- losing their shit. Which there's two of those That's out right. of the three. But yes. uh, there's yeah there's one where the parent of the video gamer just got tired of the <laughs> the video gamer's language and things like that. Yeah, honestly the the third case though the last one we're doing today on it could be an episode all in itself and. Absolutely. This it's it's just wild. This last case, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, happy holidays, everybody. Let's let's give you guys some end of year entertainment. This will be the last episode for this year. Uh, we want to thank everybody for the continued support throughout 2021, and uh, we'll talk more about that at the end. Do some shout outs and stuff like that. But yeah, let's get into this final year, uh, final 2021 episode. Uh, Gamers Gone Wild Part Two. Here we go.
All right, for this uh, special episode, this uh, compilation episode, Video Game Murders Part 2, we have three cases. Mm -hmm. They're all video game related, obviously, but different in their right. own way. Um, and for, so let's start out with the first one that I call Deadly, Deadly Diablo. Properly named. Um, and this, this, is, this is actually very, very recent, still ongoing, just happened... This, this holiday month. season, believe it or not, 2021. Oh yeah, this month God. this went down. This is recent. That's what I'm saying. It's not hard to find these video game-related murders. Video games, as we talked about in part one, uh, have become increasingly a bigger part of our lives, whether you like it or not, whether you're into it or not. You can't avoid the fact that most young people and many older people yes. nowadays, between VR and all the different forms of gaming, our lives are merging into the video game Absolutely. world if you even want to call it that, or into the virtual world, you really could say, with Meta and everything that's going on with uh, Oculus Rift and all of that stuff. I recently actually got to try out an Oculus oh, at a friend's think? house, and it's game-changing, dude. It's it's They've come a long way oh, with that I can stuff. Imagine. Like you have the two, You have the controller mm -hmm. in each hand, and then you have, obviously, the device on your head, and it's so immersive, man. Like you, it, Luckily, you set your range, you know, it, like you... You, you create a, a mm -hmm. circumference in, in the living room or wherever you're playing so that you don't run into walls and stuff, but you easily could get so sucked in that you walk or run into a wall. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I've seen crazy videos just, of people on there, man, freaking out, smacking yeah. lamps off a dresser. I played a boxing game, and the, it was a crazy workout. That's the why I want I played it. And I was yes. exhausted. That's why I want it, man. I want to I wanna get that, you know, for cardio and shit and training. And then there's like, yeah. there's different, I've seen uh, different YouTube videos of people who like, where you can do cardio and train like you're on a mountain. Like the whole time, it just looks like you're on yeah. like a mountain peak overlooking this beautiful, this beautiful scenery or whatever. Like that's that's. I amazing. full on had a, a three round boxing match that I, I was sore the next day. No joke. Damn. Like I was, you throw so many damn punches that like <laughs> like my lats were sore the next day because I hadn't thrown that many punches in a long time. Damn. Yeah, I'm excited about. Um, and then I played a shooting game that was super fun. Like you 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 use those controllers in your hands to like and you reach out and pick up virtual yeah. guns and like point them it's in like you the i was shooting these bots and then like the gun flies out of their hand and you catch it in the air and shoot it again it's, oh shit and it's it, like it's it's it pretty yeah. the tracking is really good like you really feel like oh yeah oh. yeah the graphics have a long way to go from what i could tell i mean maybe i just played a very i think i played more of like a, a demo game i don't even know if it was like really like a high-end right. game that i played but um but yeah as far as the tracking and everything like yeah it's super the graphics good. will get there They'll get there pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, pretty soon oh, the yeah. graphics are going to be so good in virtual reality, it's scary. And then that's where the real addiction mm -hmm. to video games is going to come in. But yeah, this this merge into VR and virtual reality and, and video gaming in general, it's. I, I think what we see with some of these cases, and it's getting increasingly worse, where it's like people care more about their virtual life than they do their, their real life. So when someone interferes with their virtual yes. life, it's essentially you're messing well, with their real life. Well, they spend more time there. They respond accordingly. And they, they spend more time in that virtual life. So it's like, can you yeah. blame them? If, if this is more of yeah. what your core personality and what, what your hobbies and your memories the are The way you identify up, yeah. as your, your identity is tied yep. in with this. And whether it is or not, if that's what you feel is the best version of yourself, this online version or whatever, yeah, you're going to take, you're gonna mm -hmm. take offense to someone who tries to tear it down. And then someone tries to take that away or comes in and mm -hmm. screws with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we see a little bit of that on this first case, which just went down uh, on Wednesday, December 15th. So we're talking just a couple weeks ago, 2021 in Vancouver, Washington. A friendship that lasted more than 26 years came to an end over an argument that stemmed from the RPG video game Diablo 2, which actually just had an update come out 
um, Diablo 2 ha- had a new, a newer, like they basically yeah. revamped it, uh, updated the graphics and things like that. Um, it's called Diablo 2 Resurrected. It came out in yes. September. So it just recently came out. It supports 4K graphics, a higher frame rate, and a quality of life changes in the game. Um, the plot of this game, Diablo, centers around a player character undertaking a series of quests to free Tristram. I'm not sure if I pronounce that properly. From a hell spawned evil, so you're like going into hell and fighting yeah. demons and things Makes like sense. that. I've never played it, but um, I watched some say, gameplay. It does look kind of, it does look pretty fun. It's kind of God of Warish, I guess I would say. Yeah, you're kind of zoomed way yeah, out, and you're fighting all these different enemies in a room. Yeah, like a little bit like fantasy, Final Fantasy type, yeah. where yeah, the yeah, you're uh, zoomed way out. Yeah, like almost like a virtual board right. game or something like that. Um, and in this game, you're descending through 12 levels of dungeons into hell itself in the final four levels where the player battles the title character Diablo, Lord of Terror, and one of the seven evils, Demon Lords. Yeah. I, I'm getting to the point now where I like actually, rather than play games myself, I still enjoy like the concept of them and I actually like to watch people play them oh, no. and read about them. Falling into like it. <laughs> but I don't have the time to partake I myself. I know what you mean. That's so, that's most of my video yeah, game so experience. I, if it wasn't for my kids, I wouldn't know shit about recent video games. Like they they teach me yeah, everything. I like to peek my head in and be like, okay, what are yeah. you guys playing? Oh, this is Yeah, looks me dope. too. Um, someday, maybe when I retire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll be even better by then and I can really delve into them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They'll they'll be there. The video games are gonna be insane when you retire, dude. I mean, they already are. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, but yeah. can't imagine the next five, ten years. They're gonna be blowing us away. Yes. So the plot I just explained was Diablo 1. Diablo 2 takes place soon after the end of the original Diablo. The hero who slew Diablo um, drives into the soul drives the soul stone of Diablo into his uh, into his own head in an attempt to contain Diablo in his own body. That's, That's a bad I idea, know, I, I think. That's a bad about. idea. <laughs> yeah. Pretty intense gaming, apparently. Um, and 36-year-old Joshua Spellman and 34-year-old Andrew Dixon. Um, were had been best friends for uh, what did I say twenty six years. years twenty six years they'd been best friends and would obviously play this game regularly um, and on October fifth or December fifteenth of this year they were playing with a third friend named Rob um, online when a random player entered the game and stole a valuable piece of loot that the trio had been trying to Uh-oh. Um, had been trying to and hadn't been able to collect see um, and this in, enraged one of the real quick. Real quick, this is another thing that has really upped the tension in video games. Is that so many pieces of these video games have real life monetary value, and when you start doing when you start oh, doing yeah. that, yeah. you start <laughs> you start making shit serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's people on World of Warcraft who will level up a character to a certain level, then sell it for hundreds or thousands of dollars. Digital it's, property is yes. becoming. All the rage between NFTs, NFTs and people are buying land online yep. and digital. Just worlds. wait till um, they're selling skins, mm-hmm. they're selling guns, they're selling these things that people create digitally. That's you want. You're you you're a young person. You're trying to you know you you have like computer experience, whatever right. coding, whatever, and you want to you want to be on the cutting edge, man. It seems like you want to get into cr- creating digital art. You know whether it's weapons or worlds for people to play in Oculus with things like that. You want to create digital art, not Real world art, but digital right, art right now. Right, just wait till NFTs collide with video games, man. It's not going to be. I think they are. That's what are. I'm saying. But I mean, like officially, you know, where it's yeah. it's just a normal mm-hmm. currency, and you'll you'll be, you know, purchasing these NFTs, and now that NFT is your skin or your gamer logo or your tag or whatever. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be crazy. 
Yeah, so this this player that was not a part of the three friends playing the game entered and should not have been able to. The game should have been uh, password protected, apparently, but was not. Andrew Dixon, Andrew Dixon became enraged about the fact that the game wasn't protected by password um, and started yelling and name-calling his buddy Spellman. Um, he he, had, he went into a tirade that lasted three to five minutes, and both Spellman and Dixon lived on Spellman's property and were playing the game from separate dwellings on the property. Oh, so, okay. you know, the stereotypical... Yeah. Uh, 30 something year old video gamer that still it's like lives a 30 year old it's like a 30 something year old <laughs> land party they're having right here <laughs> they're actually yeah but they're actually yeah, but on they're... the internet but yeah very similar <laughs> to the way we used to play um and the three players were communicating via headset and uh spellman became upset with dixon's tirade and told him he needed to calm down or he was going to get shot and that's when it went up to the next level Spellman took out his gun and left the bunkhouse to go to the main house. While walking between the houses, he fired around into the air, according to court records. Um, Joshua Spellman then entered the main house with the gun in his hand. He was talking to his dad when Dixon came inside. Mm. Uh, Dixon verbally confronted Spellman about Spellman's threat to shoot him. Spellman said Dixon then closed the distance between them, and Spellman shot him once in the oh, torso. Shit. Andrew then was then taken to Peace Health Southwest Medical Center in Vancouver, where he underwent surgery and later died from his injuries. When investigators asked Spellman if he had uh, had to retrieve his gun before the shooting, he said it was by his computer. When they asked him why the pistol was next to his computer, he replied, "Why not? This is America." Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry to laugh at that, but I mean, if he lives alone, it's literally like like Cartman, like a Cartman type character. Almost. Oh, I know, <laughs> like. Living at his mom's house in a guest house, playing video games all day, every day. <laughs> right, right. And has a gun next to him at his computer that he shoots his friend with. Insane. It absolutely is. Absolutely. A small world, man. They lived They lived in a small world. I mean, also, yeah. when you vid- people you play video games with every day and you spend these hours with, they become almost like siblings. You know what I mean? It's like you, you start yeah. to oh, hate them 100%. at times. You sign on and you're like, oh, here's this mm-hmm. motherfucker's voice again. Like, let me mute my mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's living on your parents' yeah, exactly. property with you. You could see how this would boil over. There's no escape from this person. It's not like you can just sign off and play something else or whatever. He's he's in for a rude awakening going to prison. I mean, no more video games and you're st- stuck in prison. Yeah. Uh with with a bunch of, you know, other yep. inmates and I get the feeling he's not the toughest dude. So, he's he's going to have to yeah, adjust quickly. Yeah, he is. It's a wake-up call. Um so on Friday 7th Friday, December 17th, Spellman appeared in court on suspicion of second-degree murder. The prosecution said Spellman has no prior criminal history. Um, Still, Senior Deputy Prosecutor Luka Vitsovic requested Spellman be held on $2 million bail, arguing that a seemingly minor incident resulted in someone being killed and shot. Um, And the judge set Spellman's bail at $750,000, and he is scheduled to be arraigned on December 29th. So this will surely go on into next year before he's sentenced, but... Uh, I'm sure he's looking at some serious uh, prison yeah, time as here. as he should be. He should be this. doing life. Yeah. Yeah, he should be doing mm-hmm. life. I mean, it's a crime of passion, I guess. Yeah. You could say that. Second-degree murder, he just randomly you know, got angry. But still, at 34 years old, bro, <laughs> no, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, you damn, you damn well know better. better. That's right. Yeah, and now he's going to get a taste of the real Diablo. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to the depths of Diablo now. Yeah. Well, good luck. All right, let's go to case number two of this compilation. This is episode. the one that gamers like, gone wild. The last one is one of the most saddest cases and strangest cases I've probably ever heard as far as video games. But this one has got to be one of the few 
that goes down this way. Don't you think where it's the yeah. opposite where the gamer got killed? Yes and no. I actually did find a couple of these. Uh, maybe for part three, we'll go into another one okay. like this. But yeah, it's not always the gamer freaking out. Sometimes it's the family's reaction to the gamer's behavior while gaming yeah. that. Uh, Isn't it the so issues. hard to be tolerant of someone who's like an excitable gamer? Because you're like you're you're like yeah. uh, my son, for instance. His room is all the way in the back of our house, but we can hear him all the way in the front if he's playing online. He's just constantly yelling and giving directions and you know like I'm over here. Oh, come on, meet me over here at this place. It's just like he it's nothing nothing mean or rude. It's just so fucking loud. I was going to say that's more tolerable it's, than a lot of people's behavior when gaming. Yes. It's much more tolerable than my behavior when I used to be gaming. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was a teenager, it was a lot of f bombs and <laughs> controllers being thrown and well, I'm sure he feels like doing that, but you know, he's 12, so he's got to kind of restrain that but a lot of gaming yeah i was 12 when i'm well gaming is not as aggravating (laughs) as it is was it was when we were kids see now there's every single game when you get tired of it or frustrated they have a creative mode so you just it's like you know what i want to take a break from all this challenging mind you know mind encouraging things that make me a better video gamer i just want to go do some bullshit with my friends and now every yeah, video yeah. game almost has that option. You know how like in Grand Theft Auto where you're like like a buffer yeah. period, yeah, a buffer yeah, like in Grand Theft Auto where you're like, I'm tired of doing missions. I'm just gonna drive around and just fuck some shit up. You know yeah. that that was a cooldown yeah. period, so you didn't throw your controller or lose your shit. But yeah. most games didn't have that as a kid. Like when I was growing up playing God of War and shit, it, there's no <laughs> there's there's no relief when you can't get past a thing. You either just yeah. quit. And you're just fucking frustrated that you quit and couldn't do it, or you keep going and get more frustrated. So, it's, yeah. I don't know. Even Mario, dude. Oh, Mario's Mario, the worst. Super Mario World back in the day. Mario's oh the my god! Worst. Like there's certain levels that just would eat your shit oh, every time. Ooh, I wanted to break that fucking Nintendo controller right in half, and they were so flimsy too. I was like, ah, oh, I could break this. Oh, god. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you're holding a damn yeah. graham cracker. Like I could stop this thing in half. You're nothing but a piece of plastic to me. <laughs> All right. All right. Sorry. So let this, let's get into case let's number two. Um, not only can teenagers overreact when playing video games, some parents manage to become so bothered about their offspring's behavior that they end up committing dreadful deeds mm-hmm. themselves, such as the case of a Maryland mother who killed a 17-year-old, uh, her son, because he kept on using disrespectful language while playing now, video who, games. who thought that this was going to be the mother? Because I sure as hell didn't. Until I read your title. I know, right? You would for sure think like yeah. stepdad yep. or like older brother yep. or something like that. Or even like father. That. I would even more suspect yeah. a father. But a mother killing yeah. her her own right. son over a video game? Shooting her This son. is why I say this has got to be like a rare instance. A mother yeah. would kill her son. Yeah, you know what the other one I saw that I mentioned a minute ago, you said you thought these were rare, was actually a father, I believe. That, so yeah, I think the mother takes it exactly. to another level, which is why I chose this one. I didn't want to sure. give that away you know, earlier, but yeah, the fact that it's a mother, it just blows me away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on February 24th, 2017, 48-year-old Angelique Chase of Clinton, Maryland, got into an argument with her son, Christopher Perry, who was 17 years old while he was playing video games. Angelique uh, told investigators her son was using disrespectful language and when she tried to w- take away his game and phone, their verbal argument escalated into a phys- physical one. And once again, this is uh, this stems from s- someone like her her son being so tied into that world where it's like, you're taking away my life, essentially, when you take away the game and my right. phone. I saw this with a niece of mine recently where she was displaying some poor behavior in with the wrong crowd, that type right. of thing. And her, you know, her dad, my, my uh, 
brother-in-law tried to take away your phone. There was a whole blew up into a big thing. Uh. Like that's their world. That it, now it's unfortunate, but it's the world we live in, where it's like that device. Yep. In, in their opinion, holds their entire yep, it's world. It's their lifeline, you know, whether it's the gaming console or the or their iPhone. Yep. You're right. It's it's everything. It's their savior. It's their it's their information. It's yep. their it's their lifeline to their friends yep. and their social life. And it's also their muse and their fidget toy when they're feeling anxious or mm-hmm. or when they don't want to interact. Yep. You know what I mean? It's a crutch. Mm-hmm. It's a crutch just as much as it it's is their though. means of getting attention and confirmation. Mm. Yeah, it's everything. You're right. Um, so according to document, uh, court documents, a family member separated the two following you know, the blow-up with the mother trying to take away the devices. Um, the family member saw her then go downstairs into the basement. She then returned with a handgun and shot her son once Jesus in the chest. Jesus Christ. She, yeah. Angelique uh, then called 911 and reported her son had been shot. Yeah, you think? You did it. Right. Um, and according to investigators, after waiving her Miranda rights, Angelique admitted to shooting her son um, there was, she She stated that it, the gun went off accidentally, that she began to lower it. I don't know if she's saying that she had it pointed at his head, and then she began to lower it and went off because she hit him in the chest, the torso area. Mm. Um, either way, I mean, you don't the fact a that gun at anyone, anything you don't intend to shoot. Never. That's like rule number one. Is, yeah, so. Never. You t- especially your own family member, your child, you know, like it's just mind-blowing to me. It really is. I can't fathom this. I can't fathom how this happened. I mean, I've gotten I gotten some pretty bad arguments with my mom, and I've gotten in bad arguments with my children, but never have yeah. I never ever has it ever fucking crossed my mind to get a gun, like it's yeah to to strike them, right. let alone put a point a loaded gun at them. No. Yeah, I just don't yeah. get how it escalates to this point, but we don't know the whole story either. We really don't. No. Oh, it's hard to imagine any way in which it's understandable it doesn't matter what's even if he hit her whatever went down like it's it's hard to imagine it being oh it's not excusable okay no nothing excuses this you're you're 48 year old mother you know you know better yeah so angelique chase was subsequently charged with murder and received life in prison responding to the murder the suspect's sister laquan chase said her nephew was a good kid that resided with her mother and didn't give her any trouble um nobody also said, nobody in the family understands or knows what went wrong. We're trying to understand that ourselves. It's just, I'm at a loss for words. The teen's father, Christopher Perry Jr., said his son was a 12th grader and scheduled to graduate from Grace Brethren Christian School in May. Mm. Um, also, he said that he was a good kid. He went to good, a good private school and everything. He was well-mannered and polite. The father said he didn't know what could have led to the dispute. And the week following the murder, approximately a dozen of Christopher's classmates came to his house where they went to the front door. Many of them had flowers in their hands. Some of them wiped away tears as they spoke with Perry's older sister. So he was a well-liked kid yeah. by several accounts, a very well-mannered and I, I wanna, you know, on track to graduate and things like that. I mean, that doesn't that's not to say he didn't display some, you know, bad behavior when playing video games and didn't have a temper right. like a lot of a lot of good kids still have these moments oh but. especially at home right i mean your worst stuff is going to be seen by your family at home um yeah. but i want to bring up something else here the fact that they're stressing so much that he was you know a good mannered polite kid or whatever and he went to a christian school and all this maybe his parents were a little bit overbearing when it came to video games and maybe his mom was just taken aback by his interaction with people his age his classmates his friends yeah. and you know you know how everyone else says he was like super polite and well-mannered to them yeah. but to his mother 
the things that he may have been saying yeah. or the way that he was acting was just appalling and not her son. Does that make sense? And then yeah. I think yep. if a mother thought, this is not my son anymore, he's going down the wrong path, I, I can't help him. Maybe that's what would lead yep. a mother. Online gaming Online gaming has given parents a glimpse into their child's actual personalities and, and interactions with their friends that our parents, our parents' parents, like all the past generations never got to see yep. that because they didn't they didn't act the way they acted until they were gone and at school with their friends or hanging out at their friend's house or whatever. Exactly. Like, uh, I, I just watched a Christmas story, you know, like Ralphie's behavior with his friends uh, when they're walking to school, his mom would have been outraged at the conversations they had and stuff like that. That was normal. But now it goes into the house with the gaming. You, you get that headset on and you, you forget, forget that your parents are in the other room and you're just talking like you talk with your friends, cursing, whatever. Exactly. And I'm sure many parents are appalled by the way their kids actually talk when they get a glimpse of it. Exactly. You know? So I'm thinking this that is what played a big role in this case in just, in just turning mm-hmm. her. And maybe she was listening to it day after day, you know what I mean? And she's like, this is who my kid is now? Yeah. I, can't, I can't allow this. I can't allow this yep. horrible version of my son to continue. Yep. I know it sounds, it sounds yep. psychotic, but <laughs> it's the world we live in. Her reaction and what she did, her actions were psychotic. No doubt. So those thoughts aren't necessarily. But. <laughs> True. Wow. But uh, do you want to get into some commercials real quick before we go on to the, the crazy uh, case that is our last case? Oh, yes. And it's, like I said, this one could be an episode of its own. This, this kid scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, let's do it because I don't want to interrupt this one. No. All right, let's take a little break. What's up, Creepers? Let me tell you about a sponsor I personally love, Warby Parker. Warby Parker was founded on a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique-quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. Glasses start at only $95, including prescription lenses. And you can try Warby Parker's free home try-on program, where you order five pairs of glasses to try on for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free, and it includes a paid return shipping label. Don't let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. You can put them to good use on Warby Parker prescription glasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, or eye exams. So try five pairs of glasses at home for free today at warbyparker.com creeper. Guys, the kit is super easy to use. You go online, you fill out a little quiz, you pick the glasses, the lenses, and the frames that you want sent to you, five different ones, and you get to try them on, on your face, see how they fit, see how they feel. And now you can buy with confidence, knowing that you're gonna love your new frames and your new glasses. So get started today at warbyparker.com creeper. Again, that's warbyparker.com creeper. All right, this last case we're calling Spy Hunter, uh, or really? nine, nine-year-old Spy Hunter. Uh, mm. Spy Hunter being the video game that uh, spawned this event. But this kid, yeah. I feel like, would have done something heinous and killed someone early on regardless. I just think the video it's game almost itself like w- was, you know, just, it was almost well, irrelevant. It was like this kid, it was, he was a... a firecracker waiting to go off i don't know <laughs> he was i feel like he needed to get something off his chest he needed to uh to do this and i feel like he was going to do it one way or another i don't know if his dad had taken him hunting but this kid was very well versed in in weapons and guns and ammunition um so i i don't know if if he just this was something he always wanted to do and this was just a good reason 
or what? Because the way he goes about this crime is just so fucking planned and methodical for a nine-year-old that creeps you out. Mm-hmm. Does it not? It does. It, it, it flashes me back to the Eric Smith episode. This kid looks a little bit like Eric Smith, too, well, like a blonde version of him. Oh, That evil yes. face. Like Eric Smith, got, he was only like, what, 12 or 13, I think, when he yeah. killed a younger boy. And, and this kid, oh, Cameron Kotcher, was six weeks shy of his 10th birthday on March 6, 1989, when a Nintendo butt-whooping ruined Cameron Kotcher's, uh, Kotcher's day off. Um, <laughs> they got a snow day. Uh, uh, the fourth grader got a snow day on March 31st uh, on right. a Monday in his rural town of Craigsville, Pennsylvania. And when his parents left for work that morning, Kotcher went next door to a hideaway, uh, to a, a, a home on Hideaway Hill Road where they lived, um, the home of Richard and Trudy Ratty, uh, where the kids from the neighborhood had gathered. This is very 80s, 90s behavior. Like the parents right, right. just like latchkey kids. The kid, the parents just leave for work and leave the kid home alone. It's like, go go to the neighbor's house, go play with them or something. Like there's right, TV right. dinners in the fridge. Like this kid's nine years old, you're just leaving them home all day. Right. Right. If they kick you out, just come back home, lock the door. Whatever. Yep. Um, <laughs> so it's so all the kids in the neighborhood gathered at the at the Ratty's house. Um, and at the house they had a Nintendo and there was a first grader named Jessica Char Jessica Carr, who was seven. Mm-hmm. And she challenged um uh, little Cameron Kotcher to a game of Spy Hunter, which was a video game in which players spray enemies with machine guns mounted on a speeding car. Um, mm. And uh, to kind of preface this, Cameron's father, Keith, was an avid hunter, and like many on co- many country kids, the boy had been introduced to firearms. He favored camouflage clothing, and some called him Little Rambo, speaking <laughs> of uh, young wow. Cameron. Yeah, what a loving little nickname. Yeah, so this is setting up nicely for you guys. You can kind of see where this is going. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as video gaming, he wasn't up to snuff, and, and Jessica Carr uh, took him down at Spy Hunter, which... Yep. Well, to be fair, it was her game, right? I mean, she was, no, was at her house, she was, wasn't it? No, oh. they were at the Ratty's house. This was just another neighborhood girl. Oh, that's right. Yep. She just came in there and kicked his ass in front of all the neighborhood kids. Yep. Um, this obviously sent... Uh, young Cameron into a rage. Um, he was still s- upset early into that afternoon when Trudy Ratty ran the kids outside to play in the snow, another very 80s and 90s thing, like kicking the kids outside and locking the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep, yep. Although I believe the father uh, was out there with them because um, they were riding snowmobiles, and Brian Ratty asked Cameron if he wanted to ride the snowmobile, and Cameron's response was, quote, my mom and dad won't let me. Uh, prosecutors mm. say that Cameron then returned home uh, to his house, angry and alone. He went to the second floor master bedroom, unlocked his father's gun cabinet with a key he took from a secret hiding place, uh, which was underneath a lamp, pulled out a Ooh. high-powered hunting rifle and loaded it with the correct ammunition, selected from several different types. He removed the 35 caliber Marlin rifle, found the proper ammo in a separate locker drawer, and loaded the cartridge into the chamber. Young Cameron then opened a window um, in the second-story bedroom, removed the screen, and leveled the rifle on the noisy snowmobile moving across the ratty yard 100 yards away. He found his target in the scope and squeezed off a shot. Now, this girl, little Jessica Carr, was riding on the back of the snowmobile with another girl. Um, And he hit her square in the back from 100 yards away. Now, I don't know if it's 
known for sure whether he shot one shot or maybe he missed a first shot or second who knows but the you know the fact that the snowmobile was i'm sure very loud masked the sound of the the rifle shot right um a few minutes later richard ratty the father of the home that was entertaining everyone that day called cameron called cameron's home to let him know to you know to stay at his house that uh there may be a sniper on the loose that a little girl had been shot um <clears throat> Little Jessica, little Jessica Carr had been shot while riding on the back of the snowmobile, and the road, the ratty home had become a scene of an emotional wreck. You know, it was kids wailing and praying over their friend. She was uh, laying dying in the middle of the living room. My Meanwhile, God. Cameron returns to the home, the ratty home, walks into the home, walks past them while they're all freaking out trying to save this little girl's life, and says, I quote, if you don't think about it, you won't be sad. He then sat down and started playing Nintendo by himself. And oh if that doesn't God. give you fucking chills, mm. I don't know what will. Like, the, you can't display more disturbing behavior than this little boy is right now. Like, not only does he does that action, but shows zero remorse and is almost taunting them. How detached. Them. Completely yeah. detached from the situation. Like, yep. his, his anger is still boiling past any affection or empathy he could have for this little girl still yep even if he didn't have anything to do with the murder that's still like oh my god i don't ever want to see this kid around my kids again just displaying that behavior oh right yeah that's that alone is alarming but he of course had done the act and police would notice a half moon shaped cut on cotcher's forehead uh later that night a wound from the recoil of a rifle scope so it turns out he's not that great at shooting rifles because everyone knows you don't put your face that freaking close to the scope yeah, he got, he got scoped. Um, and <laughs> investigators would find the boy's blood on the rifle and near the bottom of the bedroom window. Two days after the shooting, the news blew up: nine-year-old arrested and killing. And this was, this was at a time in the late '90s, early '90s, late '80s, early '90s when uh, this became kind of a trend: young kids killing other kids, killing people, and was almost like satanic panic type of thing, like. Right. News were constantly freaking out, headlines about, you know, these kids that kill type yeah. of thing. There's too um, many of them, that's for sure. Yeah. And at, at, at this point in America, no one, no one so young had ever been charged as an adult with murder, and the case prompted national school sessions about judicious punishments for kids who commit vile acts and uh, about justice for their victims. And as legal adversaries debated whether Kotcher should be treated as a boy or a man, the sympathy scale seemed to tip towards the shooter and his parents somehow. Richard Ratty, whose 13-year-old daughter was on the snowmobile with Jessica Carr, uh, said that the pity was misplaced. Quote, you can't feel as bad for the Kotchers as you should for the cars, he told reporters. Oh, True Richard that. Ratty, man, that that's, I'm sure it hits close to home for him, whose his, his daughter was on the front of this, easily could have been the victim, you know? Yep. Um, no, yeah, no way. Um, Cameron Cotcher's mind would end up being prodded by psychiatrists who found him to be a normal child, although emotionally removed from his deed, you think? Um, <laughs> they said that he dozed off during one of his early court appearances, seemingly once again unaffected by the crime that he had committed. And a judge would finally rule five months after the slaying that he would be treated as an adult because the shooting had been willful and deliberate. Um, he faced an automatic life sentence if convicted of murder. However, the case bounced from one uh, one pretrial appeal to another as the Cotcher's attorney fought to steer his client into the juvenile court, arguing he was, quote, a child of very tender years. In the meantime, Cotcher, free on $50,000 bond, attended classes under an assumed name in a district school in a distant school district. I get a bad feeling from the parents distancing 
their their child and themselves from this, you know, enrolling him in a school far away, right? Hiring an attorney to fight it, like well, but while they're obviously while he's obviously out. it's your kid and you you still love your kid and but like it just seems I don't know I get a vibe that I think something's they're just, up here. I think they're parents. just doing that for the safety, you know, for his safety, so he's not harassed by other kids or media or whatever while he's at school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, and if months go by while he's while the, all these court proceedings are going on, he's out on bond. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Just sit around and do nothing? I'm just saying, putting him in another school with other kids, I don't know. Like, I, I think I would put my kid into homeschool while we figure out what's going to happen with whether he's going to juvie or jail forever. Yeah, uh, no, I feel you on that. Know. If my kid shot somebody, they definitely, and <laughs> they weren't in prison, uh, they would be under the my fa- watchful eye. The sheer eye. fact that he was allowed to then go to they, a public school again yeah. while he's awaiting trial for this, That's like, what it's I'm saying. bizarre to me. I, they would be under my under my watch all the time. The whole fucking time. Like, wouldn't you be pretty upset when you found out that this new kid that just came to your kid's school actually, like, shot and murdered some girl and is, was awaiting punishment? Like, yeah. obviously, they, they kept this hush. The other school probably, I, I doubt very many people knew about this kid's history when he showed up at this school. Right. And at this point, he kind of has nothing to lose, too. It's like, who's to say he's not going to do something like this again at the school he's going to if someone fucks with him? Because he's already maybe going away. He already knows this. And in his... I don't know. It's scary Well, I don't know. Me. I feel like in his mind at this time, he feels like he's already getting away with it. He's falling asleep in court. Yeah, that, he's going you back could to school. look at it one of two ways. Either I'm going away forever, or I got away with murder once. I could do it again. Mm-hmm. In his nine-year-old mind, that's scary to me. Terrifying. The idea that this kid gets put in my, my kid's school, and I, I didn't get warned of his history and what's going on with him like oh yeah that school could have been sued for sure that whole district yeah Mm -hmm. so resolution would finally come three and a half years after the shooting and it's not as satisfying as you'd hope um when jessica's mother donna teets reluctantly signed off on a plea deal Mm. uh, cameron kotcher then 13 was convicted of a misdemeanor involuntary manslaughter and sentenced to probation until 21 years old with no jail time and no permanent record wow Fucking shocking results. That's bullshit. And yeah, it's scary to me. I mean, involuntary manslaughter is so contrary to what actually went ha- went down. I mean, this kid deliberately went home, used the key. Like, he had time to cool down. This was not like, uh, you know, a crime of passion in the moment where he just, like, had the gun in his hand somehow and, and fired it during the video game when he lost. Like, no, he deliberately went home, found the key, unlocked the gun, Opened the window, propped it up like he. This was a premeditated thing. Yep. The antithesis of an involuntary manslaughter, which to me is like an a, a vehicle accident where you're at fault, but you didn't mean to kill somebody. Right. This is a deliberate murder, or like a hunting accident. Get, you know, if you shoot, yeah, yeah hunting accident, yeah. that's different. But no, he was hunting her. This was deliberate. Yes. Yep. And displayed zero remorse afterwards too. Mm. I mean, not to mention. So, as I said, uh, received probation until 21 years old, no jail time, no permanent record, which to me is also scary. Like, I feel ridiculous. Yeah. People that come in the line of this person in the future should, yeah, there should be a record of what he's done, I think. Absolutely. It's insulting to the family uh, of young Jessica Carr, Carr, who, who who died, and she's never coming back. And this kid gets to just move on forever and never has to, like, like nothing happened. Yeah. Like nothing yeah. happened. I mean, like her life was lost for nothing almost. I don't think I don't I don't know if he should have done life. I don't know about that, but he should have done no. he should have been in prison well up in, into adulthood. And and looked after 
yes. forever, in my opinion. You know, like definitely the system should have eyes on him and what what he's doing, and yes, on, not just like move on, no record, nothing. Right, he should be going like ongoing psychological tests, like every six months or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, something needs to be done. Yeah, but he's well into his forties now. Yeah. Yeah, so almost immediately, Jessica's mother regretted bestowing her blessing uh, and, and taking the plea deal. Quote, involuntary manslaughter means it's an accident, she told the media. It wasn't an accident. It's well said. Well said. Um, and neighbor Richard Ratty, the father of the daughter that was on the uh, snowmobile with young Jessica, uh, said it's a total disgrace. Um, in 1993, uh, the mother, uh, Teets, said that... Uh, her second thoughts festered, and she said, quote, he should have gone to jail for life. He took my daughter's life, and he gets to be free. So she deeply regretted yeah. signing that plea deal. Cameron Kotcher, uh is now in his early 40s and has made no further headlines since going down um, or gunning down his uh, childhood friend. Golly. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty shocking case. Once again, probably could have gone into, in depth into that one and, and made a whole case about it. But... Uh, Man, fit well into our Gamers Gone Wild episode, I think. That one blows me away. <laughs> even even more yeah. than the mother one. Like I say, uh it just yeah. I don't know why. It's just the planning and Well, the mother one is more of a crime of passion. Uh like the, what we just described, you know, she storms down to the basement, grabs the gun, comes back up and shoots him, but like Cameron seemed like they'd continued to it's I, from what it sounds like is he'd gotten beat by Jessica, and then they continue to play for a while, like other kids and stuff, and he stewed on it. They go outside to ride snowmobiles. He's still stewing on it, and he goes home, unlocks the gun cabinet, gets the gun out. Like, this is all, like, well thought out. He's not... He's had time to cool down. He's had that cool down period, you know? You would think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess this is one of those uh, downsides to teaching your kids about guns, huh? This I think is this we've is talked about in the past, arguments. and you have to know you have to know each of your children. Each of your children, that's correct. Independently, you have to know their um, their maturity level, yep. their mindset. Like you have to study them before you just uh, treat them all the same. Like all kids should not just be exposed to guns right away because some kids can't handle it. They some kids still think it's a a fun toy game type of thing, and like yep. they can't realize the seriousness. And the, like I am not ready to introduce my son to, to guns yet i just don't uh, think like they real guns he plays with toy guns all day every day but right. like he's not ready i know his maturity level is not there yet to where even like even like a 22 or something like no, that it's no, not no, time no. yet I'm, I'm gonna wait till 12 13 and, and keep keep an eye on him i do want him to know we we constantly preach how dangerous they are though even without like him being around a real one yeah we preach to him you know gun safety and things like that even with his toy guns you know trigger trigger control and things like that yeah absolutely absolutely because kids just don't understand the permanence of death they just they just right. can't they can't understand that well in our last patreon episode we talked about that with uh robert durst and his mother's death how she was being lowered into the ground and he couldn't comprehend right why is mommy going into the ground jumping on the casket like you said he didn't understand the permanence of it no he did, and he was around the same age. He was what nine years old, seven, seven, I believe. Yeah, at the time. he was somewhere. Yeah, I think he was around seven. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it just depends. I mean, once those kids, once your kids reach that age, and you feel like they have a the right amount of empathy and responsibility, and they understand life and death, and then I think it's that would be a good time to teach them for their protection. Because I'm sure that father thought, you know, well, if you're here alone and someone breaks in, you know, here's my key. Here's here's how you get this gun. Here's how you get this. And it was all in good in good intentions. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like this, like maybe, you said, or maybe he well, tried to literally hide the kid, the key from the kid, and the kid found it snooping around or whatever. But I don't know. I just feel like the way it happened. So yeah, you know, and he put everything back. I'm pretty sure. And and it, like you say, it was late '80s, early '90s. These kids were used to being at home by themselves, and you don't want yeah your... in a rural rural area right. where hunting is regular and all that. Like exactly, high school kids probably had their guns in their pickup truck, it sitting in the tr- uh, school parking lot. Like that was very common back then. Right, exactly. So I mean, it was to learn how to use guns at nine really wasn't that crazy, especially not if you spend yeah. time at home alone. You know, you would right. want your child to be able to have some type of defense against an intruder. Yeah, you know, man. All right. Well, we can't help well, you with you, that. Uh, but, uh, there's there's defense against intruders, which gr- guns are great for, but there's right. defense against odors, which, right. oh my guy, is great for. Dude, so well put. So well put. <laughs> <laughs> no better defense than Oh My Gaia, guys. Oh My Gaia is an innovative, all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural, paraben, and aluminum-free organic ingredients. And guys, there's tons of scents to choose from, from vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside, bergamot, amber, uh, pear. None more important. None more important than True Crime Pine. No. Which has our logo on it. It's our signature scent. It's got a little bit of pine, a little bit of sweetness to it. Right. It's fantastic. It's it's uh, gender neutral. It's anybody can wear it. It's fantastic. That's right. Just the right dose of crime as well. And because you guys, and it, it is like a second defense attorney. It will get you <laughs> off on crimes, allegedly. Um, <laughs> but because you guys are true crime guys, listeners, you can use the word creeper for fifteen percent off your order. That's C R E E P E R for fifteen percent off at shop underscore oh my Gaia on Instagram or at ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A dot com. Guys, you won't regret it. You won't find a better natural deodorant out there. Promise you. And the customer service. Can't beat it. It's to die for. No pun intended. Yeah. Good one. I like how every week as the case is winding down, we both kind of like... We're not even in the same room, but you can sense this like Western <laughs> like standoff, like who's going to get the segue first. Get- <laughs> <laughs> I know you were about to try one, yep. but I beat you to the punch. I was actually going to do the same segue, so that was perfect. Oh, were you? Yes. Nice. I was actually going to say, yeah, defense against sweat, you know, something like that. So, yeah. Well, you know, medi- mediocre minds think alike. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Not about how, how far are we going are. back? How far are we going back for reviews here? I think we got to go Patreon two weeks. last week, right? Let's go back two weeks. Find me a date here so I know because I'm you. looking through the reviews right now. So right. go back to, we recorded last on the 12th, a free one. So you're going to have to go back to somewhere, anything 12th. after the 12th, any review after the 12th. All right. So then we got, have we, I don't feel like we gave, even though this one says 1211, I don't yeah. remember Samantha Natfly. Natfly? We might have missed it. From Great Britain says, love it when this podcast drops. I look forward to this podcast every week. I binged the back catalog, which was awesome. The hosts are really fun without being disrespectful. Thanks, guys, for a really top podcast. All right, Mike. Very good. Um, Then we got uh, Name Mama Gave Me. Oh, You've reviewed before, but hey, Hey, you know what? If you're working the system and and revoking your old review and doing it again, I guess good on you. That's right. and Name Mama Gave Me from the U.S. says, I found Sandu first, and thanks to the amazing synopsis with the spectacular theme song, I got introduced to Lauren. <laughs> oh, my guy, I'm glad I did because you guys are awesome. Thanks thanks for presenting these facts in a way that 
isn't soul crushingly serious. Keep true crime fun. Sounds weird, but yeah, that's how it is. Fire emojis. <laughs> right I'm on. Caught up on both shows and have upgraded from freeloader to Patreon member so I can keep creeping. Thank you, Name Mama gave me. Right on. Then we got Shebrum in the U.S. says, love the show. Heard about y'all on Killer Queens. I'm not a big... I'm not big on change, so it can be tough for me to get into new shows <laughs> and new hosts, but love the banter and the jokes. It's a keeper for me. Right Thank on. you, Shebrum. Glad to have you. Then we got Shell Ray in the U.S. says, The Operator sent me. All these shows that we're doing um, promo swaps with, it's paying off, and yes, we're getting all these is. new listeners. Hell yeah. Um, and Shell Ray is evidence of that. It says, uh, The Operator sent me. Heard about you from my favorite podcast, 911 Calls with the Operator. Excellent I knew podcast. if they liked you, I would too. I love your style. Low-key, good chemistry, and entertaining. I don't like the loud, forced humor and over-the-top shows. Like one that I'm not going to mention because a lot of our listeners love that show as well. But that's, you know, not everybody's taste is the same. That's right. Uh, I listened to Kelsey, Kelsey Smith episode and was glad to hear you had a pretty good idea of the layout of the Kansas City and that is in Kansas and Missouri. I am now a fan. Thank you, <laughs> Shell Ray. Then we got Rich uh, WSLV. I'm wondering if that's West Side Las Vegas. Uh, Probably. One of my local kin here, Rich, uh, says, awesome, entertaining podcast. I love this podcast. Listen to you literally every day. I'm all caught up on TCG and Sandu Stories. I'm on Amazon. I'm an Amazon driver. You definitely keep me entertained every day. I'm out here making my delivery. Super stoked every week to hear your new stories. Keep up the awesome work. Proud of Lauren for putting Vegas on the map. Vegas Goat Goat podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm pretty sure Vegas was on the map before I came around, buddy. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it, might have, it. Some people might have heard of it before you, Lauren, but I think you really made it blow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then we got uh, Monkey030288 in the U.S. says, Strange, dark, and mysterious. Five stars. This podcast is highly addictive. Lauren and Michael have a way of telling a true crime story, but making it sound like casual banter. Very informative with the occasional comic outlook on topics, which normally would be tough to hear. Hmm. Thank you very much, Monkey. And then we got uh, one last one from the Queen Bee 73 in the U.S. says, Best by far, five stars. I love your podcast. Your banter is great. Crime stories keep my attention every time I listen. And the accents are hilarious. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to freeloading in the new year. Nice. Thank you very much, the Queen Bee. I agree. You are the Queen Bee. Right on. And uh, we want to take this moment to talk about our Patreons real quick. Yeah. Patreon.com slash guys. $2 a month gets you access to our once a month premium episode, which this past week was a big one. We covered the jinx, Robert Durst. Yes. It was over two hours long. I got a 10-hour uh, oh, audio book, and we watched uh, the, the entire Jinx series on HBO that was six parts. Um, and yeah, we went into depth about Robert yes. Durst. Everything you life. need to know about Robert Durst, the Jinx, is in yep. that episode, guaranteed. <laughs> yep. Yep, and that you get that episode along with so many other episodes. We've had our Patreon page for over three years now. We've done uh, an episode just for Patreon every single month yep. uh, throughout that three years. And then if you want to go up to the $5 a month tier, and you can pay this all up front too. Like going into 2022, if you want to be a part of Patreon, you can pay one-time payment, $21 to be in the $2 tier, and you get full 12 months, and you don't have to worry about your card getting hit every month. Right. Um, or $54 gets you, and you save 10% when you do this, 54 bucks gets you a full year at the $5 tier where you also get uh, just the banter where Michael and I sit down every Friday for anywhere from 30 minutes to over an hour. This yeah. past episode, our holiday, Just the Banter, was over an hour. People asked us everything holiday-related. And the good thing uh, about Just the Banter is that it's it's like a real-time... It's it's the closest thing to real-time, consistent interaction that we get to have with our listeners. Mm -hmm. Because we, we post a post on Patreon that asked about questions for Just the Banter, usually on Thursday evening. Friday morning, 
we record, and then later on Friday, the episode goes up. So it's it's yep. all right there in that tight little window. You get your you get your answer to the question from our mouse within 24 hours, basically. Exactly, exactly. So it's fun to be a part of. It's not like you ask a question and then the episode with your question hits a week later and you forget about it. No, it's the very next day. So. Yep. And we try to do that, you know, as a good weekend starter. You're getting off work, you can listen to a little banter on your way home, get your weekend started right. And the cherry on top of that as well is at the $5 tier, you also get the very prestigious Gold Creep Van sticker, which That's I right. just sent out a boatload of. I was way behind. <laughs> so, Merry Late Christmas this week. Those of you who have been waiting on your Gold Creep Van sticker, expect them in the mail. Here it comes. Uh, this upcoming week. Right on. The badge um, of honor. I had to get more stamps. I need to order more stickers because, man, I, 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 it took me half a day to send out all of those. So, <laughs> Right on. Yep. Right on. Very prestigious, guys. And Put those also check out Sandu, Sandu's Patreon page. You just got a taste of that on Christmas Eve. Yes. Uh, a Sandu Stories dropped, The Lighthouse. Yes. If you guys haven't had a chance to check that out, please check out the last episode that we just posted, uh, Sandu Stories, Chapter 10, the Flannan Isle Wikis, uh, where it's a... Basically, an audio theater style play that myself, Lauren, and my wife, Kristen, as well as a friend of mine, Andy, all here at True Crime Guys Productions, we worked very hard on this. Uh, everybody plays a role, and it's uh, something we really think you guys will like. And if you do like Sandu stories, you can always check out patreon.com slash podcast for more of that. Um, How many more uh, stories do you have on that catalog over there at yeah, your Patreon? Uh, let's see. That that was 10. I know we did so the Alcatraz, the nine. Escape from Alcatraz one, which was awesome. Yes. That one has also been released, I believe, on the free platform, but it's on uh, okay. Sandu. Or it might be okay. on True Crime Guys, actually. I'm not sure, but that one's on one of our two free platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have 10, because Chapter 10. Uh, chapter 11 will come out on December 30th on Patreon. Super excited about that one. It's going to be yep. uh, based around the Salem witch trials. So, Ooh, yeah, that I play a play a fanatical judge. Yes, it's going to be fun. Yes, it's going to be. It, this one's really going to test our acting abilities for sure. But this one's going to be a blast. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but you guys can also check out Strange and Unexplained, which we lovingly call Sandu for short. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts on the on the free platform as well, Strange and Unexplained, or if you search True Crime Guys in your podcast player. Uh, you should see that. Also, real quick, I wanted to touch base. Some of you may have left a review over the last month, maybe in throughout November um, and early December, and we missed it. Well, what happened was, for a short period of time, we had two versions of True Crime Guys out on Apple Podcast and iTunes, mm-hmm. okay? One of the versions somehow was like a copy of our show. Long story short, that wasn't our original feed, and some people left reviews on there, but we had to take that feed down um, because you can't have two feeds at the same time. Okay, so we have our old feed up that has, you know, 2,500 plus reviews on it or whatever. So if you left a review on there and you haven't heard your review, please leave another one. on. Maybe unsubscribe and search True Crime Guys, resubscribe to the correct platform, especially if you haven't been getting updates. Um, but of course, if you're not getting updates, I don't know how you're hearing this episode, but... Anyways, if you guys found us and you haven't heard your review, that's why. We had a little bit of feedback. Yeah, maybe you've had to switch to Podbean to hear us right. and you don't get us on your normal app anymore. Try redoing it. Try searching and yeah. resubscribing. We're there. Leaving another review if you can. Yeah. Um, also, I noticed that Spotify now has a, a rate option to where you can rate podcasts what? on there. So if you listen to us on, on Spotify, I don't think you can review, but you can definitely rate all of a sudden because we have 22 five-star ratings on Spotify. Um, 
Oh, really? On, uh, Spotify all of a sudden. So yeah, if you if you listen on Spotify, if you could real quick, just click five stars. I'm not sure if it helps with the algorithm as far as you know what shows get on the lists and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I see thank that you to those who've already done so. I, yeah. And yeah, if you haven't, you know, please. This has got to be some kind of new, some new, kind of new update because that hasn't been there long. Mm-hmm. It is very new. Yeah. Also, guys, uh, something that does help the show for a fact is hitting that follow button on Spotify. If you are on Spotify or if you're fed up with your podcast player now, consider going to Spotify because it's probably going to be the future of podcasts. Um, but hit that follow button. That helps. That does help our show, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, hitting subscribe, or or on uh, Spotify. Either way, as long as you're hitting that follow button, that subscribe, that does help the show quite a bit. So we appreciate yes, that. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Hope everybody had a great Christmas and um, has a great Happy New Year. Yep. Um, yep. And we will see you on the other side in 2022, everybody. Keep creeping. Keep creeping, guys. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the Creeper Army. We out here making murder, get murder, get murder. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us, cause you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming. You hush your mouth, boy.